Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellasai. I'm here in the studio right across my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. I missed you. How I, are you? Well, you know, I, I discovered that I actually really need unhappy hour every week because if I don't have this space to just, like, get things off my chest, yeah. I end up fully screaming at people on the street. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he deserved it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I was biking. I was right at the end of my block. I was not paying attention. I went through a red, totally my fault. A guy was stepping off like a like a middle-aged white guy, smaller than me, so I think subconsciously I was like, I could take him mm-hmm. if I needed to. He was stepping off the curb. I went behind him. I didn't cut him off in front. I went behind him, and I was like, oh. And he was like... You went behind him? Yes! I didn't even cut him off. I went behind him, oh. and he was like, it's a red light. And I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. Like, I, I apologize. It was my fault. It was my bad. And then he went, bitch. Oh. And I said, hey. And then he said, bitch again. And then I fully became the She-Hulk. <laughs> and I got off my bike. And I was like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, no, really, who do you think? And we kept going at it until he actually physically ran away from me, <laughs> calling me white trash. <laughs> so you chased a man down the street. I did. Um, I did. But I was like, no, if he had said, bitch, it was a red light, that would have been fine. But the fact that he, one, I didn't cut him off. Two... I apologized immediately, and mm-hmm. then he called me a bitch. I was like, oh, no, 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 not today. And it was like seven years of being yelled at on the street, just like, yeah, and never doing anything about it. It just all came out. But also, it was the same week that we didn't have an unhappy hour recording. So I think it was that pent-up aggression that I'm able to get off my chest, Yeah, that I'm able to really just get out there. It's why it's important to complain (laughs) so that you don't keep it up bottled inside. And then, I mean, but the man deserved it. I did then immediately, I like went back and I apologized to all the guys at the bodega because I'm (laughs) too Midwestern for my own good. And I was like, I'm really sorry about that. And they were all like, no, you were in the right. We would have done the same thing. And this other Mm -hmm, guy was like, people mm -hmm. suck. And then I started biking away and then I um, started sobbing and I went home and (laughs) was held by my boyfriend. So, you know, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm doing great. the number of emotions (laughs) that you have bottled up inside. (laughs) So I'm Uh, glad we're back. Hopefully, um, we won't be repeating that this next week. Yeah. How are you doing? My week, um, well, I was in the bike lane and this girl rode through and I called her a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> then she she chased me down the street. So it wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, my week's fine. I don't know. I was in a bad mood today, but then I ate a sandwich and I think that was the problem. It's amazing 
my Alex always is like, you just need to carry around snacks because yeah. nine out of 10, when you get angry, it's because you're hungry. And if you just have a snack, you're going to be fine. And it's it's upsetting how true that is. Yeah. Anyway, I'm also in a good mood because I have some shows coming up. <gasps> yeah. I'll be in Denver at the Comedy Works there. Comedy Works South, to be exact. September 23rd, 24th, and 25th. I'm doing five shows there. Damn. And I'll also be in Delaware. Yeah, I'm going all the way back to the beginning, folks. <laughs> First state, baby. Yeah. That is November 12th. So uh, we'll put the link just mattbellisai.com slash tour. And yeah, I'm going to be adding more shows all over the place. Love it. Yeah. So that's exciting. And what else is exciting? Today's episode. Oh. Because <laughs> what do we got coming up? We're kicking things off as always with Horse Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous horse news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into skincare. We got creams, lotions, oils. There's simply too much, and I want to rant about it. And finally, we have got one of my favorites, Emmy Award winner, comedian, TV freaking producer, writer, Ashley Nicole Black as a returning guest complainer. We've had Ashley on the pod before. We're so happy she's back to bitch with us. We'll get into airline travel, feeling old, stalking people online, so much more. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, horse things first. Let's chat about the stupidest, most ridiculous horse news of the week. First, an 80-pound cougar. Okay, skinny legend. Uh, uh, was removed from an apartment in New York City. What? Where it was being kept illegally as a pet. The idea of having even a large dog in New York City no. is unfathomable to me. Even a fat cat, I think, is a little <laughs> is pushing it a little bit. An eighty pound wild grown jungle cat is a cougar a jungle cat? No, it's no, like a mountain. It's a mountain cat. cat, yeah. Mountain lion is cat also what they're known of as. I don't think it should be in uh, any apartment. No, absolutely not. Especially in New York. No, I also just. Does it did it say where what neighborhood this was in? For some reason, I'm getting like Upper East Side vibes. Sure, like oh, like, I'm taking my cougar for a walk. Yeah, today. yeah, yeah. Got to put on my pearls. Mm-hmm. Got to put on my tiara. And the cougar has a matching pearl pearl collar. Yeah, no, it did not say. But the cougar, its name Sasha, was just 11 months old. Definitely Upper East Side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they gave. The nickname Sasha after it was surrendered? That seems weird. Yeah. It's like 11 months old. She probably has a name. Yeah. She's headed to a wildlife refuge in Arkansas now. But yeah, the the Humane Society, they quoted this guy who was like, yeah, it's always sad to see cougars, you know, in cages. That's not where they belong. But really, it's sad for the owners who have to, who like grew to love them as pets and now they don't have them anymore and it's like well <laughs> they knew they were fully adopting a wild animal yeah, like they so, could have gotten a cat yeah. just like a regular cat it's not like you adopt a dog and it like turns out to be an asshole it's like you fully knew that this this cougar was going to grow up to be a cougar right um, but yeah, he was like, I've also seen the heartbreak of owners, like in this case, after being sold not just a wild animal, but a false dream that they could make a good pet. Who has this dream? <laughs> no, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. The owners. Yeah, I guess the owner was like sobbing while they took this their, their big cat away. And Listen. it's like, guess what? You knew this was going to happen, folks. I empathize. I understand. I was in like a pretty similar situation because when I was little, my grandma told me that I adopted Anastasia, which was this tiger at the Brookfield Zoo. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, my God, she's my tiger. She's mine now. It was just like a donation thing where then like you right. get a picture of the tiger. Yeah. But I took it very seriously. And I went to the zoo and I, I there was like a kid next to me and I was like, that's my tiger. <laughs> And the kid was like, no, it's not. Like, we all own this tiger. Right. And then I I felt the absolute heartbreak. So, like, I understand where this person's coming from. But, like, 
Anastasia was at the zoo. She yeah. wasn't in my home. I also love that they quoted a Department of Environmental Conservation Commissioner named Basil Sagos. Great name. Love it. And Basil clarified that cougars may look cute and cuddly when they're young, but these animals can grow up to be unpredictable and dangerous. I would like to reframe that, or uh, slight edit. It's not that these animals can grow up to be unpredictable and dangerous. It's that these animals will grow up. Yeah, <laughs> like, what, we know this What do to we not true. understand about that? Okay, Basil. I mean, I've seen Born Free. I get it. But like the beginning of Born Free is a lion attacking. So I don't remember that at all. That's the beginning of the film. I don't know Born Free. Born Free. I know the song. Free has the, I've seen a, the Prego commercials. <laughs> 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 okay, next. Love this story. Uh, we might have talked about this before, actually, but it, this is the resolution. A judge in Michigan ordered a couple to pay $30,000 to their 43-year-old grown son for getting rid of his pornography collection. Wow. $30,000. And $441 to be exact. Wow. So, yeah, this was like eight months ago. Um, the son sued his parents. He said that they had no right to throw out his collection. It had films, magazines, and other items. <laughs> don't know what that means exactly. I'm assuming, I don't know, Blu-rays, cassette Ooh, tapes. Laser discs. Yeah. So this guy, uh, he, he'd, he'd gotten a divorce. <laughs> Shocking. And uh, so he moved in with his parents for 10 months. And uh, and I guess in that time, they they threw away. I don't know if he brought all of his porn with him to their right. house. Or if it was there and then like he like moved in with his wife and didn't bring it. You know? Right, right. But like how my, way... my rock collection is still at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. And if dad, if you throw that out, you better be ready to pay me. Yeah. Three dollars for that Good rock luck collection. Suing your dad, the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll represent you in court. Thank you. Oh, you'd be a great lawyer. Um, I also love that. So the, the judge, um, the value, the thirty thousand dollar value, um, was set by an expert. <laughs> yes. Who I just love that this expert had to go through all of the porn <laughs> and like give it a monetary value yeah how great for him yeah he was, they were having a beautiful time yeah where do you even go like i don't know uh, you watch antique Roadshow, and like <laughs> you know these people are like expert appraisers but yeah. like how do you know how much porn is worth okay now i absolutely need an antique Roadshow <laughs> after dark edition with just people just bringing for erotica <laughs> yes And finally, love this story, so heartwarming, an ultra-conservative bishop in Spain, solamente en España, (laughs) who has been a proponent of conversion therapy and I guess has carried out a number of exorcisms, resigned his post as bishop abruptly, and uh, the Roman Catholic Church cited strictly personal reasons with without going into detail and now spanish media is reporting that he resigned because he fell in love with a woman who writes satanic erotic fiction shiro 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 oh my god give this woman a standing ovation yeah, everybody what a win for her really oh. you spend your life writing satanic erotic fiction and then you nab yourself uh, oh, ultra conservative bishop. bishop? You, this is a powerful woman taking down the Catholic Church from <laughs> the inside of his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has written a number of books, including The Hell of Gabriel's Lust. Oh, damn. <laughs> and a trilogy called Amnesia. Um, and uh, I guess a blurb for one of her works promises the reader a journey into sadism, madness, and lust, and a struggle between good and evil, God and Satan, with a plot to shake one's values and religious beliefs. Well, we know one person who goes shaken to his (laughs) goddamn core. Um, So this guy, he became, he was the youngest bishop ever, ever, ever bishoped. Was he like seven? He was like 40. (laughs) 
Anyway, so this guy became a bishop in 2010, and he was kind of seen as like a rising star, but he decided to resign with the Vatican's approval. It came as a shock that he had fallen for uh, this this woman, also a divorcee scandal. This should be the next. Remember when the church like split apart because King Henry was like, I want to divorce my bitch of a wife. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then he like created his own religion. Yeah. This is this is the next. It's what she's going to do. I'm really getting like Melisandre vibes from Game of Thrones. This is Melisandre meets Anne Boylan. Yes. So this guy is according to um, Religion Digital. (laughs) Great website. I read it constantly. One of my faves. One of my faves. I have notifications on for Religion Digital. According to that site, uh, the former bishop is looking for a job in the Barcelona area as an agronomist, which is a soil scientist. Okay. So okay, backup, backup plan. <laughs> right. Remember, remember, kids, whenever you think your degree is worth nothing, you never know. When you resign your job as bishop <laughs> at the age of, I don't know, 52, because you fall in love with an erotic satanic sex, sex kitten. Goddess? Yes. <laughs> You can always fall back on on your expertise as a soil scientist. You know what else he soiled? The word of God. <gasps> no, not actually. Anyway, best of luck to them. Also, fuck that guy. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's still a proponent for conversion therapy. But have fun with your little wife. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. You can head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash where you can see video of bonus Worst Things First stories. You also get a special separate podcast feed. It's basically a bonus episode that shows up right in your podcast app with all of our bonus content. So uh, head to Patreon, patreon.com slash Great way to support me, support the show, uh, etc. Next, we're diving deep into skincare. We're diving deep into these pores. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Well, my skin has been not popping lately, as the kids say, as the kids don't say. The combination of, I don't know, alcohol, sugar, stress, humidity, mask wearing means that my skin, it's been breakout city. And guess who's mayor? This guy. I'm basically waging dermatological warfare on myself at all times. So I've been thinking a lot about beauty products lately. Mm. Skincare. Yes. Because everybody and their mother has a skincare line. Everyone and their mother does have a skincare line. And my question is, how are there still new products? How have we not reached the 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 edge yeah. of science on this? I don't understand. That being said, we will be releasing the Unhappy Hour skincare <laughs> line. <laughs> yeah. They're all doing the same thing, which is to make my face look like the belly of a prize-winning pig. <laughs> Just smooth and a little wet looking. <laughs> but here's the deal. There are too many products. Why do we need a 50-step routine when you could just squeeze all of these magic ingredients into one bottle that I can jerk off onto my face with? That makes it sound like I'm using the product to jerk off my dick instead of (laughs) jerking off the tiny little pump. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to rephrase? No, I'll stand by it. (laughs) I think it's a good idea and I stand by it. Anyway, let's talk beauty products. First, shut the Fuck up with the word serum. What is a serum? This isn't an apothecary, okay? You're not selling Romeo and Juliet poison so that they can kill themselves after hooking up literally once. Goals. (laughs) God, I just want an intense passion so that I can take a poison that I bought from the, the local witch doctor. You're not, you're not some mad scientist. Also, some of these places, they put their little serum in a bottle with like a dropper. Mm-hmm. Like I'm supposed to feel like a little chemist. <laughs> what? I have places to be. I don't have time to manage an entire science lab just to get rid of my oily T-zone. Also, why are there powders 
and creams. <laughs> Can't we just decide on one medium for applying stuff to my face, dry or wet? I can't have both. I can't have both. And then some of them are, are literal liquids that I'm supposed to dab on with a little maxi pad or cotton ball. Do you know the little circle maxi pads that you use? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's how I feel about all makeup and skincare. You should just be able to apply it with your fingies. I think it's ridiculous to oh, yeah. ask me to put it on anything else to then apply to my face. I'm like, no, what else are these boys for? I'm pointing to my hands. Yeah. Then there there are those things. I mean, there's brushes, obviously. Yep. And there's about a thousand different shapes of, of makeup brushes. Oh, yeah. And but there are there's... ones that like UV, like fucking clean themselves because then you start thinking about like they you have to clean the thing that cleans you <sighs> yeah you have a makeup brush sitting out on your sink in the bathroom guess what shit particles all over it's that a poop brush now and then they have those little um foam butt plugs that you can <laughs> yeah, use to dab stuff yeah which apparently you have to get wet first and then squeeze it and then use it i don't know man i've watched like two youtube videos yeah Next! What is an astringent even? I will kill your entire family. (laughs) You are making shit up. I swear to God. An astringent? Do you even know what that is? No, absolutely not. I think it's like what they the the, the hairdresser keeps all their instruments in. Oh like, my bl- god! Not actually. <laughs> okay. It's what they spill on like maxi pads in the commercials. <laughs> And you're supposed to like rub it. I'm pretty sure witch hazel is an astringent. Uh, and I remember when I was younger and I had like acne in high school. Yeah, they were like, yeah, you just kind of rub some astringent on it. Definitely made Terrible. it violently Terrible. worse. <laughs> that was not a help at all. It's supposed to be like witch hazel is what you use. I don't, witch hazel is just the weirdest name. I don't understand No. why you're recalling things, what they called them in the 1500s when they <laughs> didn't know what anything was. You bringing up the high school acne treatment did remind me that like one of my dumbest moments of all time. It's like a moment that it'll just come to me like once a month. I'll be reminded of this memory, Mm -hmm. which is that I remember that like Neutrogena or someone put out one of those. uh, they, They put out a face wash mm-hmm. that was marketed as like waking your skin up. Mm-hmm. But I thought because of the commercials that it like actually makes you like feel more awake. And my friend saw it in my bathroom and was like, oh, how is it? And I was like, I don't know. I like still feel just as sleepy. And she was <sighs> like, you're so dumb. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um... that's almost a memory that I would keep to myself. <laughs> Uh, that being said, there is room in the market for a face moisturizer <laughs> that literally wakes you up. Yeah, I, I do know. feel like at this point, they're like, fuck it, rub coffee on your face, yeah. see if we get a shit. <laughs> also, yeah, speaking of high school, did you ever use Proactive? I bet you did. No, <laughs> I didn't. I wanted to, though. Those commercials made me want to use. Yeah, there was a day, or the, there was a time when you couldn't go a single day without Jessica Simpson reminding <laughs> you that your face looks like the bottom of a dentist aquarium. <laughs> and you know what Jessica Simpson never mentioned in those commercials? That you would absolutely destroy your mom's entire collection of bathroom towels. <laughs> I don't know what is the what is the ingredient in pro it's like benzoyl peroxide something or something like that, it's a literal yeah. acid that you're just rubbing <laughs> on your face to burn off your acne <laughs> but it 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 will dye anything that it touches Oh good Yeah so we we had that in my house and my mom would get so mad because my brother and I would destroy literally every towel in the bathroom <laughs> every time. Because even if you like completely rinse off and then just dry your face, it'll like, yeah, it fucks up towels. It fucks them up. Why don't you say that, Jessica Simpson? Next! Nobody knows what the hell toner does. Name one person who knows what toner <laughs> is, and I'll show you a fool, okay? Oh, you're eating it up, aren't you? Aren't you folks who are out here rubbing toner all over your face? Like, it's paint primer. It's supposed to make a difference when you lather on the rest of your shit. It's not doing anything. Grow up! Also, what is BB cream or CC cream? <laughs> what are the difference between those two? I have no idea. I guess that is like tinted moisturizer. It's like a BB cream or a CC cream is a tinted moisturizer. 
I don't know. I've gone through phases of my life where I try to really get into skincare and like really learn about it. And then I'm just like, I, I retain zero information about it. And it just makes me feel full of shame. So then the phase passes and I go back to just like. But that's what it's designed to do. Face wash and to make you shame. I know. It's to fill you with shame. That's why we're say... taking it back in this segment. We're saying no. Yeah. You t- you can take our money, but you can't take our pride. Except you 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 normally do also take our pride. Yeah. And finally, those masks that make you look like a low rent Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> yes. I don't like. It's like they're not just wet. It, it's like there's some kind Goopy. of viscosity. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It just makes me feel like there's a slug that crawled across my face, <laughs> and there's a trail of fucking mollusk jizz that is just all over my forehead I don't like it I don't like it okay anyway that's it for this week's deep dive next we got Ashley Nicole Black on the pod right after this commercial break imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bull and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bull and Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bullandbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Well, my guest today is returning guest complainer, the stunning, the groundbreaking, the Emmy award-winning Ashley Nicole Black. You've seen her on A Black Lady Sketch Show, Full Frontal with Samantha Bee, The Amber Ruffin Show, and twice on this year's Emmy nominee list. Welcome back, Ashley Nicole Black. Hi, I'm so excited to be back. I feel like it's been years. I know. I I feel both like we were just in a room together and also like it was eight years ago. Yeah, because COVID time is meaningless. (laughs) (laughs) Because last year took 10 years off of all of our lives. Yeah, but somehow only lasted three months. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking back because you were on, I believe it was in 2018 that you were last on the show and we recorded in the studio and we took a picture afterwards and I looked at it after and I had full under boob sweat, was, like down, <laughs> it was down so to my belly hot. button. Like literally when you said you recorded in 2018, I was like, I don't know what year it was, but I remember being very hot. <laughs> yeah. So at the very least, we're both hopefully in like air conditioned rooms <laughs> right now. <laughs> we'll be less sweaty than before. <laughs> Or at the very least, you know, we're not in the same room to smell one another's sweaty bodies. So I am barefoot, and that is what COVID has given us. (laughs) That is true. Yeah, I am barefoot. I am. My thighs are out. Yes. You know, we're we're filming from the the belly button up. It's fine. (laughs) Um, Well, we're going to start like we did last time with the question. What is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Okay, I thought a lot about this because mine is very now specific. I don't feel this way all the time, but right now. Okay, good. Airline travel. I have gotten, Okay. I want to say four invitations to fly somewhere in the past week. And I'm like, uh-huh. it's, COVID's happening, right? I thought COVID was still happening. You're, <laughs> yeah, we're still in it. <laughs> you're like, literally one was like, fly to New York. 
for dinner. And I was like, you want me to sit in a tube of COVID for six hours <laughs> for dinner? <laughs> yeah, that that's like you're flying me somewhere expecting me to fly somewhere for dinner. Like I'm going to need a private yes. chartered plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you're flying me right back. Yeah. If we're flying for dinner people, we have to also be private jet people. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and at that rate, you know, we might as well be going to Italy or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's not limit ourselves just to New York. To an Italian restaurant in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree. I haven't been on an airplane since probably January or February of last year. Yeah, same. And people are going wild right now. They're back. They're they're going all over the place. Yeah, and I get it. I think, like, you have to understand human nature, and there was only so long people were going to not live their normal lives. Yeah. But I'm like, I just don't have to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have to, then it's like, I'm not going to go out of my way to go on an airplane. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, airplanes were already bad enough. You know, this is well-trod territory. We know this. But even now, I'm like, I remember even the last time I was on a plane, which was like just as... I uh, that was like the beginning of things starting to get bad. And I was like, you just become intensely aware of everybody else's mouth (laughs) in in this enclosed space. And yeah, I don't know if I'll ever get back to not being aware of everybody's mouth on an airplane. Yeah, I actually in real life love to travel. But now, like all I can think about is how many people have touched everything like that seat you're sitting in. So many people have sat in it. So many people have touched it. Their skin cells are all over it. Every inch of your hotel room is covered in skin cells. (laughs) I'm just not going to forget that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's something about like, you almost just have to embrace the fact that we are all covered in one another's filth at all times. You know, once you get past that hurdle... It's fine. You have to make it sad. You're like, we're all one. We're all part of the human community, just sharing right. droplets and skin cells. Right, right. We're all absolutely disgusting. We're all, you know, God's horrific creations. <laughs> I don't know why I just got spiritual there, but you get it. You get it. Um, yeah, last time. Okay, so... How have you been? Are you, are you've. It seems like you have had a a, a rather good year professionally, <laughs> but also like it's been a shitty year all around. So like, what does the last year kind of look like? Yeah, it's been crazy because I did. So I worked on three shows last year, which is kind of crazy as a writer. Yeah. But I did them all from my house on Zoom. So it was like, I never left the house. So it doesn't feel like you're doing that much. You're just like, oh, I'll get off this Zoom and get on this Zoom. And and then when like the Emmy nominations came out, it was just like, like somebody literally tweeted, how many jobs is this bitch going to have? <laughs> <laughs> I do like, feel like you write for like, Every TV show. Yeah, like, I genuinely feel like I'm I'm just waiting for your credit to pop up on every TV show that I'm watching. It feels like the whole world is having an intervention with me because like at the time it seemed very normal. <laughs> but then now I'm like, yeah, I guess I really like put all of my COVID anxiety into doing more and more work and I might need to work on that. You know what? It seems like it's working out uh, <laughs> unless like you turn off the zoom and like stab your thigh with a fork <laughs> because you can't take it anymore. But it seems like it's working. I out. did one time and I was really tired. I put the zoom like on my coffee table on the couch. Literally when it was done, I like closed the thing and just went directly into a nap. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> and that is what you can't do working in person. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm inclined to ask the cliche question, which is like, how the fuck do you do it all? Um, 
but I feel like my 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 version of that question will just be like, what is what does your day look like? You know, like what do you do? You, are are you an early morning person? Do you wake up and like do you have a routine? Like what is the what is the routine? Yeah. Well, to answer the first question, it was COVID. I do feel like I'm getting too much credit. There was nothing else to do. It's not like. <laughs> There. <laughs> there was literally no you're not balancing like an entire family of children and a, and, and a, a, a bustling social life <laughs> um but i have become an early morning person as i've aged um and also because it is hotter in la you just wake up earlier because like it's just too hot to still be in bed by like 7 a.m um okay so interesting <laughs> i like to get up early because that's like my only time to myself so i'll get up early and walk the dog go to the gym if i'm gonna like listen to a podcast or i have like a ongoing text chat with girlfriends like that's when i check in on all of those like fun things and then i usually uh-huh. um if i'm in a writer's room on zoom from like 10 to 4 and then I usually am writing like a feature or a pilot or something else that I'll work on from like four to seven. And then I like take my brain out of my head and put it in a jar (laughs) (laughs) because my brain is just like, um, it's like a husk, like all the moisture gets soaked out all day. (laughs) I, I'm exhausted just hearing that. I like, I mean, I guess that is the root like that is the work hours that most people have um and and it, me I'm just like I'm out I'm already out <laughs> but, <laughs> but I only I write on comedy shows so even like the work is still like sitting around being like what if this happened with like a fun group right, of people right right and I'm always like what if they kiss like it's not um it's not arduous work <laughs> I guess so. You know, it's not like, you know, Hemingway sitting down trying to uh, write the next great American novel. Not that what you are doing (laughs) is not Hemingway-esque. I say this as, uh, you know, as another comedy uh, writer. I know sometimes we're just like thinking, uh, okay, what if this elephant was on a unicycle? Yeah. Well, I also think... Completely valid. Like a lot of writers... And some comedy writers are like invested in the idea that like writing is suffering and let's stay at work till (laughs) two o'clock in the morning and suffer for our art. And I do try to work with people who are just like, this should be a good time. Like sometimes shit's late and you may have to stay late. We may have to rewrite something because something went wrong. It happens. But like for the most part, we could have a good time while we do this. We're not curing cancer. Right. I do think that also like back in my my BuzzFeed days when I was in like a room full of other people, um, you know, oftentimes like the best stuff is the stuff where it's like you're just trying to make everyone else in the room laugh. Like that is the point. And that's like the best test for like whether something is good and funny is like is are people in the in the room cracking up. Yeah, especially when you have that coworker that's hard to make laugh. And when you get them, like, there's nothing better than that feeling. That's true. That's true. That is what I've been deprived of for the past year. Because right now I'm just kind of working with the voices in my head. (laughs) (laughs) So I have that person. I have the one that's hard to laugh. But um, that is just the voice in the back of my head that is constantly (laughs) dogging on me. (laughs) Should have. It's an interesting game. Gone to school for science. Yeah, it's that. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, yeah, I have that. That that voice is very present (laughs) and real. I also was reading. So you you watched all of the Marvel movies in in the pandemic. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. It was very comforting. Um, but had you you've never seen them before? Not really. I think I'd like seen one on an airplane. My only memory. Uh was like, you know, you're on an airplane, so you're like, I'll watch whatever. And at some point, I dozed off, and when I woke up, they were still having the same fight they had been having. And I was like, this is not for me. (laughs) Yeah. I think, like, towards the end, like, the last couple of movies are the ones where it's just, like, basically this entire movie is a fight. (laughs) And so... 
if you ha- haven't watched all of the first ones, it's like, why? I'm not going to watch a four hour fight. Yeah, it's like, I don't even know but these like, people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Once you watch all the first one, it's like, all right, I, I'm invested now. I'll see these people beat one another up. Yeah. 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 I, um, I, there's so much that I, that I sort of put off that I feel like the last year I was like, okay, now is the time where we're just going to watch everything. Yeah. Same. I feel like everything that's on TV, there are things that like everyone's talking about and I'm like, I'm just not, I actually can't invest in that. (laughs) I'm just not going to get into that. Um, dialogue and then during pandemic it's like well I have time I guess I'll watch all the Marvel movies and then I will know (laughs) when people post like Thanos snapping I'll know what they mean (laughs) yeah yeah that was I know I I feel like you have to kind of make the calculation like I am not going to understand everything like there's everyone at this point like the expectation is that everybody gets every reference and that like you you need to be able to weigh in on everything and i it is freeing to be like i'm out yeah. <laughs> i'm out on this one but there is a satisfaction in being like i get that there is but it's it's so much like there's a meme going around and i it went around so much i finally was like i have to find out what this is and it was like somebody's nest video from their house and i'm like i can't be expected to follow the narrative of a man's <laughs> nest video from his house so that i can understand this meme like this is too much <laughs> yeah i do have that like compulsion though whenever i see you know it's always the like third wave of whatever the like outrage cycle is where it's like everyone nobody is even like being specific about what the thing is anymore. You're just like fighting about the fight that followed it. And I'm like, I need to follow. I need to do Sherlock Holmes my way back to the beginning and find out what caused all of this. (laughs) I read like a three paragraph long, like thick apology. And all of the comments, which were my comments too, were like, we don't know what you're apologizing for. Like this is so far removed. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. The the apology is just so vague <laughs> that you don't even get. Uh, yeah. There's so much YouTuber drama that I am so uninvested in. But like there are hour long videos of YouTubers like fighting with one another. And it's fascinating to me. And I have no investment in the drama. I don't know where the like feud started, <laughs> but somehow I am like hours deep into these these videos. I this is where I start to feel old. Like the first time I felt old was when Snapchat came out and I was like, I just don't know what's enjoyable about this. And this is what being yeah. old is. And now Someone once I tweeted something that upset them and they made a 45 minute YouTube video about how much (laughs) one tweet upset them. And I was like, the investment of time. I can't even invest the time to watch this video. And it's about me. Like, but you, the fact that you have 45 minutes to spend on one tweet that upset you just doesn't compute with how life works for me or anyone I know. And right. And that's the negative version. The positive version is like TikTok. I see these amazing TikToks, but they clearly spent hours choreographing and learning dances and editing video. And I'm like, I just can't fathom what it is to have this much time to invest in making 35 seconds of content, even though I love the content. It's amazing. Right. But like you, I tried to learn a TikTok dance once and I spent like two minutes and I was like, I'm not learning a dance. Nobody's (laughs) paying me to do this. What am I doing? Yeah. That is the difference for like the YouTuber thing. Um, you know, they invest a lot of energy in making like these hour long videos and going like through the receipts where they fight with one another. But also it's like heavily monetized and they probably make like tens of thousands yeah. of dollars just on on this video screaming at one another. As a viewer, though, you're like, all right, <laughs> well, I just wasted two hours of my life and uh, I actually lost money on this because I didn't do work. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm like, at no point in the last two years did I even attempt uh, a TikTok dance, which is for the benefit of of the community. I would say. 
<laughs> I did. So I admire you even for trying. I that's the level of free time that I had during COVID. Even despite <laughs> the three jobs, I did try to do a dance. <laughs> yeah. I will also say I one thing that I love about you is that uh, there are so many there are so many writers and, uh, you know, performers that I love and admire. And I always am like their secret is that they're not on Twitter, but you are also on Twitter. And I'm like, I don't understand how you're able to hold that also in 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 the things that you're capable of, of paying <laughs> attention to. I try to, like, remind myself that Twitter is free. Like Twitter doesn't pay. Yes. So Twitter gets yes. your like non-monetizable thoughts. <laughs> Same. That is very true. Your monetizable thoughts. Like even when I'm like, there should be a movie about this. And then like 15 people respond, girl, delete this. Don't tweet your movie ideas. And I'm like, you're correct. <laughs> yeah. You are correct. <laughs> yeah. You just gave out, you just gave out a money idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's mostly like as, as, uh, like a an audience member i don't know what, what how to refer just as like a user uh as a consumer like going on twitter i'm like this is taking up too much of my brain energy because now i am like i'll, I'll follow a rabbit hole and get invested in some drama that i didn't know existed 10 minutes earlier and yeah before you know it i've like wasted i've wasted my day yeah but it's the drama is so fun. It's just, I used to... Yeah, sometimes I feel like fun. we talked about this last time. I used to work at Groupon. I don't know if we talked about mm-hmm. this. And my job was, I worked in risk management. And it would basically be figuring out if someone was scamming Groupon. And that was back when everyone was just posting everyone on everything on Facebook. So it would literally be like, stole these Groupons like, at the <laughs> Facebook post. <laughs> So it was much easier to do back then than it is now. I don't know how people are doing this job now, but it would literally just be like following posts and like figuring out drama. Like one time someone called in and said like, uh, someone stole my credit card because they used it to buy these Groupons and you look up the Groupon and it's like a romantic dinner for two plus flowers and champagne or whatever. And then you go on Uh Facebook and it's like, Oh, your husband, bought this and he didn't tell you because he went to it with another woman like you could literally figure (laughs) that out on Facebook and so I guess Uh like the going down the rabbit hole Twitter drama like scratches that itch of like if I could just get back to the original thing and find out how this happened write it so yeah I guess I just have to find a way to like make money from from my internet sleuthing and and there's a way. Yeah, working for Groupon. I don't know. I I really wonder how they do that job now because people are smarter, I hope, about not just posting their crimes openly. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so, but I don't know. <laughs> I I suspect that they're not. <laughs> I sometimes scare myself, uh and this is completely me just telling on myself. Um but whenever I match with someone on like a dating app, I am able to find them with minimal information. And sometimes it's like, I shouldn't be able to do this. It, this should be, it should be more difficult for me to find someone who's just put their like first initial. <laughs> but I'm like, I have, it's like a compulsion. I like have to know. Yeah. I've become like that person in my group of friends. Like, oh, this lady dropped her phone or whatever. I'll text Ashley. She'll find her on the internet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's a skill. The skill is probably just like has enough time to to go to like the the 20th page of the Google search results. (laughs) But, you know, that's that's just a secret. We'll keep between us. Everyone can think that we're these these amazing sleuths. So I I love Ted Lasso, one of my favorite shows right now, along with like everybody else. Um, I don't know if I could, there's, there's also a lot of very attractive people on that yes. show. Um, and which is probably true of like most shows. Cause you know, hot people live in Hollywood and that's, <laughs> that's what they do for a living. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is frustrating to me sometimes when it's like, oh, these people are hot and talented and, um, cause what Brett Goldstein, that's his name, right? Yeah. yeah he, he's he also writes on the show. Also, like, funny and talented. And it's like, you can't, you have to pick two. Like, okay, actually you don't enough. get all of these things. <laughs> They're also yeah. all so sweet. 
And it's like, okay, you just got nominated for 500 Emmys and you're super hot and you're wearing like vintage Versace or whatever. And you want to be nice to me? What is happening? Yeah, yeah. No, it's something is something is off. <laughs> you're going to kill me at some point. Yeah, I, I'm just waiting for the, the other shoe to drop. Um, this is going to be a hard left turn, but there was a tweet of yours about blending your coffee directly <laughs> into a smoothie, which is dark sided. <laughs> and I, I need, I need either an apology or, an, or, or defense. Well, see, this is the danger of having such a positive, like group of followers coming from Black Lady Sketch Show and Ted Lasso. That's just very positive people. Everyone's like, yes, queen, save time. And I was like, no, this is a cry for I am exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) That is that is so true. (laughs) Right. There is there is a downside potentially to having too much support, which is people just um yeah, what is what is the like therapy word for it? Um when someone is like supporting you in a in a bad way. Enabling. Enabling, yes. yes. They're they're enablers. Yes. <laughs> they're enabling your your horrible habits. Yeah. But honestly, yeah, coffee directly into a smoothie. Um it sounds on the surface like it would be a horrible idea, but I I could see it not being horrible. It wasn't horrible because it was like a berry smoothie and hazelnut coffee, so it was giving like peanut butter and jelly vibes. So it wasn't horrible, but it was 100% a wake up call of like, I need to get my life together. Because it's truly like (laughs) me every morning rushing to the gym and I have to have coffee because I haven't slept enough. And like, I want to have this movie. So I have something in my body when I'm at the gym and I don't have the five minutes it would take to drink them separately, (laughs) which is like, (laughs) I need to get my life together. Don't support this. (laughs) Call me to the red table. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I I would be remiss if I did not um, talk about the fact that you are nominated for two Emmys in the same category. (laughs) You're competing against yourself. Okay. New York Times profile of, you know, you are your own competition. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I, I mean, I'll, I'll just ask the like basic question, which is like, what is it like? How does it feel? Um, it, it's weird because, Well, so what's exciting about that is uh, Black Lady Sketch Show, all Black women writers room. Those Mm -hmm. writers are all being nominated for the first time. Uh, The Amber Ruffin Show, extremely diverse writers room, most of them being nominated for the first time. So it's like, I'm so excited for my friends. But once again, it is COVID. So everyone doesn't get to go to the Emmys. And it's just like, oh, like, (laughs) you're like, oh my gosh, this person got their very first TV writing job. They worked so hard. They got a show made during COVID and then some fucker won't get vaccinated. So now they don't get a part, their fancy party. And it's like, that's not the most important thing that's going on right now is whether or not my friends get right. to go to a party, but I do want them to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I, I do feel like, um, especially for the, the like, writing category especially for one that is like a a group of writers all working towards something like tv writing is so collaborative so i imagine those types of things like you want to celebrate with everybody you want to be in the same room and like yeah i don't know i i i get it that that sucks yeah and it is so collaborative the cool thing about those late night categories is that the whole um the whole writing team is nominated together. And I sort of mm-hmm. wish they would do that in every category. Cause for the scripted shows, they nominate like the person who wrote that script, but on both types right. of shows, every single person is helping write every script and um, you know, writers, most people don't know writer's name. So it's like the one time of the year where we all go like, look, look at you, you were the one who did it. Um, so it's very right. cool, but it would be cooler if everyone gets to participate. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully everyone gets vaccinated. And by next year, <laughs> the, the next Emmys, everyone will get to celebrate together. <laughs> next Emmys when we're on COVID Zelda variant, Zelda variant or whatever. <laughs> right, right. 
so uh, some tweets where you express your your hatred of some things. There was actually a, a pet peeve tweet that you sent today. Yes. I'll allow you to explain it. What, what was your gripe? Um, well, it came out of, uh, there's two, I think in Florida and in Texas, schools that have had to shut down completely because they have a COVID outbreak because they're not allowed to mandate masks. And it's like, we know that if a bunch of people are are indoors, not wearing masks, they're going to get COVID. We've known that for like a year now, but you still put a bunch of people in a room without masks and then go, Oh my God, surprise. A lot of them got COVID. And it's like, this has been my pet peeve. This is what I tweeted since I was a very little kid when something has a very predictable outcome and people pretend that it's not going to go that way. And even, and the example I use is like when you have a, a, like a relative who always behaves badly and your parent is like, I'm sure it'll be fine this time. And it's like, it won't, we know that it won't, it's (laughs) going to be bad. Let's just plan for it to be bad. That doesn't mean that we like kick that person out of our lives or do anything. Like, let's just go into this, knowing that it's going to end up the way it has ended up the past 15 times. <laughs> or yeah, don't, don't be shocked when it, when it turns out the same exact way as it always has yeah. at the very least. And you can Let's like, not be act surprised. We can plan for it. It's just like, and it's not even just with things that are that big, but like if you have that friend who gets too drunk every time you guys go out and you end up having to deal with them, Let's just go out knowing that that's going to happen. You know, like, let's not (laughs) act like let's go somewhere that that serves alcohol slower. Let's bring a bucket. Like, whatever the plan is, let's just not act surprised that this person is going to behave the way they've always behaved. (laughs) Right. Let's not go to the place with the heavy pour (laughs) and the strong drink. Uh, a, a, A lighter one. Um. You tweeted, I really hate to say it, but planking is the best stretch when my back gets mad about sitting. I didn't expect there to be a a plank apologist (laughs) on the podcast, but here we are. (laughs) I hate it. I hate to be this person, but if your back hurts, a plank will help. And I never thought I would be a person who recommended that anyone do a plank ever. (laughs) But we've gotten to that age where our backs hurt and... It helps. <laughs> are we talking a plank where like your elbows are elevated and you're like engaging the abs or just like a lie flat on the ground? No, on your forearms. Okay. So an active, we're, <laughs> an we're engaging active the core. Plank. Yes. <laughs> Cause I, you know, remember when like planking was, was oh, like an early like, internet trend where you just lie on the ground. Parkour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Parkour light. <laughs> yeah. At first I was like, maybe that's what she means. Um, but no, we're okay. I, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Just laying on the floor might help. A friend, some friends of mine are really into, there's like this mat that you buy that has like a bunch of spikes on it. And it's like, if uh-huh. you, if you lay on the mat for 15 minutes, experiencing the pain of the spikes will like clear your mind and you'll be so rejuvenated. And I was like, yeah, but if you just lay down for 15 minutes, you're going to feel pretty <laughs> rejuvenated. Just take a nap. Yeah, that's what <laughs> just laying down is. <laughs> That being said, both of us were just talking about how we like are injecting coffee into our veins in order to feel awake. So maybe they're the ones doing it right. I might need to pull out the spiky mat. (laughs) Well, I feel like we've talked about all the places that people can see your work. But um, if if people really need to to find you and they should, where where can people find your work? Um, Yeah, Ted Lasso is out now it comes out well it comes out on fridays but pro tip that's like 9 p.m thursday uh pacific time if you want to spoil it for the internet you can uh and yeah i'm on twitter i'm on instagram if you like a chunky dog there's lots of pictures of my chunky dog on instagram beautiful well thank you so much this was so much fun thank you i can't wait for the next time (laughs) uh also sweat check how are we doing good better than last time i would say (laughs) we made it (laughs) well thanks again (laughs) thank you 
All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that help all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. Barry, what are we highlighting? Since our last episode, there was a horrible law that passed in Texas. And I noticed that a lot of people were posting really great resources during that week. And since then, it's kind of teetered off. So I just wanted to remind people that just because that news cycle might be over doesn't mean that the people who are in Texas uh, are suddenly having access to abortions. They're not. Um, And so I wanted to just shout out a couple organizations. There's abortionfunds.org, which helps you find abortion funds that are local to you. You could also volunteer with them or donate. Um, There is also an ACT Blue link that we will put in our show notes, which specifically goes out to Texas funds. Um, And then I wanted to also shout out an organization called Sister Song, which is a Southern-based national membership organization um, that that is led by 16 organizations of women of color from four mini communities. So Native American, African-American, Latina and Asian-American. Um, so those are just a couple different organizations that you can reach out to, volunteer with, donate to. Um, and uh, yeah, just wanted to shout those things out. Beautiful. All right. Let's get into uh, some TV we've been watching this week. What have you been watching? I've been watching a lot. There's a lot on right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just wanted to shout out that What We Do in the Shadows is back. So I watched the first episode. I know the second one's out. I think the third will probably be out by the time this podcast comes out. Mm -hmm. I loved the first episode of the third season. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, my God. It's so good. So I'm so happy that's back. It's on Hulu. If you've got Hulu. I also finished the second season of Sex Education. And I know you told me about this show a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I finally just got through the second season. And that it is it might be like one of my favorite shows now. I I just love those characters and like everything about it. It's it like made me cry. It made me laugh. Um, And the third season comes out very soon. So I'm excited about that. Right. And then lastly, um, it's actually not even the last thing I'm watching, but I just I won't get into all of the things this week. There's a docuseries on HBO Max called Small Town News, which is about this uh, this Nevada like Nevada news station. Mm-hmm. And it, the way that someone t- described it to me is it's like a Christopher Guest movie, but real. And uh-huh. that is exactly the vibe. And it's only six episodes. They're half hour episodes. And I love it. And I don't even I don't even love documentaries all that much, honestly. Uh-huh. My hot take is most of them should just be podcasts. Uh, but this it's so good. And it's just about these like people who fucking love local news and like small community coming together. And it's really like funny and good and great. So those are all the things I'm watching. What about you? Um, I've been watching, well, my favorite show at the moment is The Other Two, which I don't know uh, if I've talked about. The I Other need to, Two. I need to watch the new season. Uh, yeah, season two is on HBO Max. Um, it is one of the few shows that I, one of the only shows actually, that I think is about like the internet, like internet culture and internet stuff and makes reference to all of that without being like completely cringy. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and it's genuinely funny and, and ridiculous. So I love that. Also, so many people are in that show. But then I I spent Labor Day weekend literally binge watching In Treatment, um, which you've mentioned before. I have. In Treatment, I mean, it's from 2008. Um, it's literally like, yeah, more than a decade old. But they had a, the new season that was out in the last year. But I, so I haven't seen that yet. I started from the beginning. Jeez. Yeah. And there's like a hundred episodes each there's season. There's literally 43 half hour episodes in season one. And I watched all of them <laughs> really every day weekend. Which actually, it's basically a 22 episode, like, hour drama series. That's the same amount of time. But yeah, it's so good. I didn't expect watching two people just talk. Oh, it's enthralling. Yeah. It's It's so good. It's like watching a play. Yeah. It's like you're in the theater. Yeah. Briefly, it's every episode is a therapy session. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they made it 
so that I actually care about what is happening in other people's therapy. Anyway, what is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is something that I'm looking forward to, which is that after this recording, we're going to go see Hades Town, And I'm so excited. I've seen it before. You haven't. Um, you did text me last night being like, what if I hate it? And I was like, it would destroy me. And it absolutely would. But I'm just so excited. I've been counting down the days. So that and then also tomorrow, as of this recording, Casey Musgraves film and album come out. And so I'm also just like those two. The excitement leading up to those two things has just kept me going. So, yeah. What about yeah. you? What's your non-TV chaser? Uh, yeah, I'd say same. I'm looking forward to Hades Town. My expectations are absurdly high. So if it <laughs> sucks, then, um, yeah, you're going to have a lot Absolutely. to atone for. That's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, and obviously you do, you can head straight to my Patreon page where you'll get video of bonus Worst Things First stories that were cut from this week's episode, video of our extended guest complainer interview, and an entire separate podcast feed of all the bonus stories every single week. So it's like a second day of Unhappy Hour stuff that you get. You can also buy merch at unhappyhourshop.com. And as always, head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, wherever you get podcasts, follow us, then rate this show and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Arlena Revelo, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter and Unhappy Hour on Instagram for all the latest podcast buzz. And you can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Oh, bye-bye. I'm up the deep end. You are certainly in the deep end, sir. Um, um.